Hey there, everybody. This is Radar from On The Radar and Off The Radar, coming at you with the first ever Monday morning quarterback. That is a term that people use to when the game is over after the Sunday game and the Monday that everyone just goes into mass analysis on television shows, radio shows. They write newspaper articles back in the day, blog pages, online publications. And now everyone's got a social media account, so they're giving their, all their own opinions, you know, as well. And radio is becoming to like podcasts. And they spend Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, even Thursday, talking about the game. And then they're like, well, we talked so much about it. Let's go talk about the game that's about to happen. So normally, you know, people talk about it on Mondays. And this is something that will happen on Mondays. But a lot has gone on in the world of sports and entertainment and my life. What will also be going on is I'm going to start coming out with NFL predictions every week where I'm not going to give a score because that's a lot to deal with, but I'm going to predict who wins. I'm not going to do betting. I'm just going to give my picks every single week and see how good I am this year. I was a little bit too busy going to Boston, which you can check out the Off the Radar podcast about my Boston trip and that. That will be, you know, something you can listen to if you're curious about my adventures and the things you can do when visiting Boston and doing sports-related things. So my Monday morning quarterback is more of a really diving into football because I do a weekly football recap that you can check out on Blogger, which is Radar 4428 account, or the main website on the Radar Entertainment blog, or check, which is Facebook, or like the actual website on the Radar Media.com. You'll be able to see the weekly recaps of what happened in football. And normally, it's a sentence or two because people just want to know the quick bam, what happened in football. This is more of let's go into it. So I don't know how, because I was on a plane Thursday night, how the Lions beat the Chiefs. Now, you could say, well, Travis Kelsey didn't play and Chris Jones didn't play and Kadarius Tony dropped the ball. But the question is, like, are we going to question if Eric Bieniemy was a key to this team and is Matt Nagy again affecting a a good player, a good team, and he's not the good offensive coordinator he is. And that even though Mahomes had two touchdown passes, again, no run game with the speaker, which is a problem. You need a run game to help the, the passing game. And if your receiver with the most yards was Marquez Valdez-Scantling, that's kind of a problem. It really is. So they really need Travis Kelsey back. Okay? They also, hopefully with Chris Jones coming back, that they're good. But the other thing I want to say about this game is the Lions, after beating the Packers last year and missing out on the playoffs due to like tiebreakers and seeding and whatnot, I was like, you know what? The Lions have a chance to be good. And I think it's more about the Lions more than anything else. Jared Goff is continuing to be that consistent quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over and get it to where he needs to be. And them signing David Montgomery and drafting Jamar Gibbs gives him that two-headed running back monster. And we all know Amron St. Brown is a very skilled wide receiver and that's that that it helps them out with that. Their defense is ever improving as they picked off Patrick Mahomes. So that's the thing. Is I think the Lions, this is the sign of things to come. I don't think this is something that the Chiefs are gonna be like, well, we lost, whoop de doop. Because the Tigers had more yards, more passing yards, more rushing yards. And the Lions had the time possession because they controlled the run game because they did not have, they had a consistent run game, which is what it really is. So I'm like, okay, 
A little surprising the Chiefs lost and they raised the banner and all that, but it's a long season, that's one. And two, the repeat champions don't necessarily have to win. That's where people have to remember that. They really, really do. Now, the Panthers and the Cardinals, that's it. I mean, the, the Panthers and the Falcons, that's a division rival game. So division rivalry games can go any way possible, you know. But with the Panthers starting with a new quarterback, a new head coach, a new skilled player, and them trying to improve the defense, and Arthur Smith already being there with Desmond Ritter, I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, Atlanta's a good chance of being average this year. And the Panthers, you know, some people are thinking they could be a playoff team. I'm like, yeah, hold your horses, really, because Bryce Young did not seem ready for prime time. He had two interceptions. New signed running back, Miles Sanders, 72 yards isn't bad. And then he had 26 yards receiving. But again, you sign Adam Thielen, Chenault. You got, you know, you got, you got all these veterans that didn't seem not to be helpful to him. And then of course, Bryce Young also had a fumble. Miles Sanders fumbled the ball. It's, I just think, it's just they, they're not ready. The Panthers. They're probably going to be fighting for last place this year. Because Desmond Ritter wasn't lighting the league on fire. He only threw 115 yards for one touchdown pass. But this. Three-headed monster that is at running back of Algier, Robinson, and Patterson, who didn't play in the game, is effective because Algier had two touchdowns, and Jai Robinson got the other touchdown, and Ritten obviously threw it to him. So they had more total yards. I mean, uh, excuse me, they had, they averaged more yards per play in that situation, and because Carolina... Had all these fumbles and interceptions that it caused them to lose. Even though they had more time of possession, it's just I don't think C.J. Stroud is ready for prime time, and that's nothing on him whatsoever. Again, later in the season when they face each other, the Panthers could win because C.J. Stroud could actually, like, I don't know, be back to where he is. Now, what I'm a little bit annoyed is that Lamar Jackson complained about his contract but hasn't been healthy the past few years. They give him the money, okay? They fire Greg Roman and hire a new offensive coordinator. They draft in the Zay Flowers guy. They sign Odo Beckham Jr., right? And they bring, and Rashad Bateman's coming back from injury. And obviously not having Mark Andrews was not helpful. But I don't understand how the Ravens could put up 25 points and have Lamar Jackson throw zero touchdown passes, only throw over 169 yards, and have one interception. I'm like, I, I can't. And he fumbled the ball twice. So he had three turnovers on Mar Jackson. And again, he can't be your leading rusher. When your quarterback is your leading rusher, that's a problem. So that was the point of J.K. Dobbins finally being healthy. And guess what? He did score a touchdown eventually. But guess what happened? They are going to go again without a lead running back. And they're going to have a system right here, okay? And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, how can this, you know, continue to be something here that they get their touchdown from a third string running back? Okay, the Texans obviously, CJ Stroud, he didn't have interceptions, he didn't have fumble. You I mean he had one fumble and no interceptions. So at least CJ Stroud wasn't as bad as Lamar Jackson. But when you're playing from behind and you're Best players are running back and Damon Pierce 
you're not going to win. So Robert Woods and Nico Collins got 80 yards and 57 yards respectively, you know, and C.J. Stroud threw for over 200 yards. They were trying to keep themselves in the game. It's just, they're not ready. We know they're going to be bad, but I just didn't think the Ravens' offense would be this inept. You're hoping with the new offensive coordinator and the new skill players that Lamar Jackson, you know, smooths everything out. But without J.K. Dobbins, that's a huge blow. It really, 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 really is, okay? And then the Bengals playing the Browns. As I mentioned over with the Carolina-Atlanta game, divisional rival game can go any way. They can be really nitty-gritty, very close, or one team can just demolish the other, and you're like, huh? So the Cleveland Brown, who I said in my NFL preview, have a good offensive line, a good defense, good got Nick Chubb, and they got Amari Cooper, and they got David Njoku, and Deshaun Watson used to be good. So you're like, they got the pieces. Stefanski is an offensive mind head coach. You're like, cool. So I'm thinking to myself, like the Browns, won't, if the Browns finish in last place this year, because the Ravens, the Bengals, and Steelers are better on paper, does not mean they're one of the worst teams. They're just in the wrong division. If they were in the Bears division, the Texans division, or the Saints division, they would probably be a playoff team. But this is not how it is. So later the Bengals could destroy them, because in this game, they somehow held Joe Burrow to 82 yards. How? Joe Mixon had ran for 56 yards. And T. Higgins had no yards and no catches, okay? He was targeted eight times. Thanks for screwing me in fantasy football, but it's like T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are supposed to be these big-time weapons. They got nothing, okay? Absolutely nothing. And it doesn't help when Evan McPherson misses a field goal, okay? It really doesn't. Deshaun Watson, he wasn't amazing. He had an interception, and a fumble, and his team had two fumbles, but he threw for 154 yards, which was enough, and Nick Chubb gave his usual solid 100-yard rushing game to, to, like, control the clock, and Deshaun Watson also ran in for a touchdown. Elijah Moore was a leading receiver. I thought that'd be a way better pickup, but you win games however possible. It'd be a game where you win 24-3, to and, you know, you score... Your two touchdowns, Deshaun Watson, that's not bad. I don't know what's going on with the Bengals, but they were supposed to have fixed their offensive line. They, you know, fixed their defense a bit. But again, it's the first game of the season, and you're just like, okay, here's hoping for better things. Jaguars-Colts, another divisional rival game where things can go either way. But when it comes to the Colts and the Jags, the Colts usually are a playoff team, and the Jaguars have it. Now it's been flipped with the Jaguars... Won a division last year, and the Colts went downhill, and they had to draft a new quarterback. So, obviously, it was obvious that Trevor Lawrence throws for over 200 yards in a game. He can even throw 300 yards and throw two to three touchdown passes, what he did. Travis Etienne, who's been healthy since he missed his whole rookie season, is getting 77 yards and getting a rushing touchdown, and then they drafted this Tank Bigsby this year. And we're like, why would you draft another running back if you have Travis Etienne? you got to use it on, I don't know, a tight end or something. Well, he also had a rushing touchdown. And what I wanted in fantasy football was I was obviously targeting Halvin Ridley because when he was in Atlanta, he was very talented, but they were squandering his talent. Then he got suspended, remember, for uh, for betting for a whole season. He had 100 yards and got one of those touchdowns, okay? Like, that is what you expected when you got him, and that's really what it is. And obviously the Colts, it's a whole new era with Anthony Richardson, so they're like, just let him throw for 223 yards. He threw one touchdown, and threw, and but he did have an interception. And then he ran one in. So, 
yeah, there was some fumbles on each side. Some teams threw, you know, both of them I said threw interceptions. So there was a lot of turnovers. This was, again, a divisional rival game. But for the most part, we thought what it was going to be. Trevor Lawrence was going to have a good enough game with his weapons to take over with the Colts. And that's really what happened there. Again, it may be different when the next time they play each other, the two of them, but yes. And then the Buccaneers playing the Vikings. My dad was like, how the Buccaneers win? And I'm like, the Vikings last year won so many games by one score that I was like, they're not going to have the same luck this year. They're not going to have the same luck because they're not going to have Dalvin Cook. Alexander Madison has been good whenever Cook missed games due to injury or whatever. But I don't, I was, I'm was i a little bit questionable on is he a primetime running back. Like he's the guy that you want to trust and you want to move on. You know, you're like, cool, we got it. But Kirk Cousins, obviously, because of, because he obviously he always puts up a lot of numbers quietly and has always some good regular season. So I'm not going to get him there. But he had because he had 300 yards. And two touchdowns and an interception. And obviously, the Buc- Buccaneers hit a field goal that was like the go-ahead one because the Vikings didn't end up winning because they had to punt in the end. But Madison get 34 yards. That's not what you want out of them. Jefferson got his usual 150 yards. Like, that's just incredible. And the rookie, Addison, that was a great draft pick. He also scored a touchdown. It was that Baker Mayfield did not throw an interception or have a fumble. Kirk Cousins throwing interception, obviously... Kills possessions, and he fumbled the ball twice. So when you have three turnovers, and the other quarterback doesn't, you're gonna win. And because they were probably, and then because, you know, they were behind at a certain point, and you know they're just trying to keep up in the game, they didn't have a lot of run game. But as people are like saying, ah, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are bad years in fantasy. Well, I think 66 yards and a touchdown, at 51 yards for Godwin in their first game with a new quarterback. That's not bad. It's really not. So I still think the Buccaneers are going to probably be fighting for last place with the Panthers. But you never know because, again, as I'm going to tell you, I'm a huge baseball guy. The Rays had this incredible start to the season, and the sort of the Pirates. And the Rays right now are not 100% in the playoff picture. And the Pirates obviously fell down to earth. So you don't know if someone is, like, good at the start of the season, if they're going to be good the whole season. You know, there are some teams that are better in the second half of the season. Now then. I'm a little bit underwhelmed by the Saints. I thought with Derek Carr on a team that has Chris Olave, healthy Michael Thomas, and I know there's no Alvin Kamara, but you have Jamal Williams, that they would score more than 20 points this time, you know? And with the gadget thing that Taysom Hill can do with throw, run, catch passes, I'm like, and Jawan Johnson, a tight end, had a great year last year, I'm like, what's going to happen? Like, I'm like thinking like, they would have scored more. So I'm a little disappointed. They barely hung on and won because Derek Carr threw a touchdown and an interception in today's game and they in the in the game this week. And obviously they held on to to the skin of their teeth because the Titans were just settling for field goals. That's really what it was because Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions. He was disastrous. And if I were them, I would give him maybe three, four games, bench him, see what Malik Willis does, and then if both of them are just so bad in the Titans are having one of the worst seasons ever. Start Will Levis. See what he can get you, okay? Because, again, Derrick Henry disappointing. When you're behind in the game, he's going to have a disappointing game. DeAndre Hopkins had 65 yards. Not bad for his first game. And, again, Nick Folk, I'm going to tell you, scored 15 points. 
Do you know how many points the Titans scored? Total 15. He scored all of their points. So the game would have been like a shutout if it weren't for Nick Folk existing. So that was a good pickup by them to get Nick Folk. It really was. Now then, I said the Steelers this year would probably be a third-place team with maybe a chance to make the playoffs depending on the wildcarding. But obviously we all know that the 49ers were going to be good, especially if Brock Purdy was going to be healthy to start the year, and he was. They didn't have to go with a maybe it's Trey Lance, who they traded, or it will be Sam Darnold. Ay, 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 ay. I don't know. But it turned out when you put up 30 points and your defense hold the Steelers to 7, that's a great way to start the season when you're one of the best teams in, the, in that whole entire conference. Purdy had two touchdown passes. They both went to Brandon Ayuk, who went off for 120. And now it's Debo and Kittle, fantasy relevant. You just kind of kill people there. And McCaffrey, though, having a full season of McCaffrey, even if he doesn't stay healthy, is that you can potentially have a full season of games with him where he'll rush over 100 yards even if he doesn't score a touchdown. Like They were all filing filing and all cylinders. Yeah, there were some turnovers here and there, but their rookie kicker didn't screw them. Obviously, without Robbie Gold, they moved on. Kenny Pickett threw two interceptions, and because the Steelers were down by so much, Najee Harris was not a factor. Deontay Johnson's now hurt. Allen Robinson was a leading receiver. A little bit disappointed in George Pickens and Kenny Pickett. But yeah, so I think the Steelers are still going to be a good enough team because Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing record ever since he's been head coach. So because of that, I'm thinking to myself, like, hmm, I think there's a very good chance that they rebound and they're better off going forward. Now we got Arizona versus Washington. That's another game, like the Carolina game and like Colts-Jaguars because we are like, we knew the Jaguars were going to win and we thought the Saints would beat the Titans where I'm like, yeah, those games don't matter because they cut Colt McCoy. And I'm going to tell you this, Colt McCoy is a veteran quarterback and he knows how to get the ball out to his these receivers because Kyler Murray has missed games here and there his whole entire Carolina, excuse me, Arizona Cardinals career. So I'm like... He can do that. The fact that Dobbs had zero touchdown passes, threw for 132 yards, is just proving that the Washington has a great defense. That Sean, excuse me, Ron Rivera knows how to coach a good defense, even without Chase Young. James Conner, again, when you're losing by so much, when you're losing, it's hard to really establish a run game. And again, you had two, you had three fumbles, Josh Dobbs. Like, come on, hold on to the ball, okay? embarrassing. They just started the rookie guy instead. And Sam Howell, he wasn't amazing. He threw for one touchdown but had an interception. He also rushed for a touchdown but he was he and his team lost two total fumbles, including what I'm saying him. So, you know, not overwhelming, but again, this team is going to win games because their defense is going to be incredible, and it was. That's all you need to know from there. And now we get to the local game, Green Bay and Chicago. We had no idea what the game was going to be because we're like, well, Justin Fields now is weapons. And they try to improve the offensive line and they try to improve the defense. And Jordan Love, we don't know honestly anything about him. And can he fill into Aaron's steps? Right? So the Packers just destroyed the Bears because the Bears' offense looked horrible. They went, they got two field goals in the first half. That's literally all they got. And they finally got a touchdown pass. And then they went and they got they got two touchdowns and obviously they try to go for two and they obviously didn't get it. 
So their offense, sorry to Matt Eberflus, your specialty is defense. So you should have had all offseason to prepare for Jordan Love. Not give this dude three touchdown passes, okay? He had one fumble, okay? But three touchdown passes. You let Aaron Jones score a touchdown on you and catch one of those touchdown passes. You let Romeo Dobbs catch two touchdown passes. Like, come on. You got to be better on defense when you're the defensive-minded head coach of Matt Eberflus. Luke Getze does not seem to be knowing how to set an offense up, okay? Because you can't, again, like I mentioned before, Lamar Jackson have Justin Fields be the leading rusher. That was one of my concerns by letting David Montgomery go was, hey, is Khalil Herbert going to be the guy? Yes, he had nine carries, but he had the same amount of carries as the actual run, uh, quarterback and got 27 yards and nine carries. That is just horrible work there and Fields threw one touchdown pass and it was Darnell Mooney. So it was like, okay, you're hyping up Cole Komet. You get DJ Moore in a trade, and you're just like, I can't do anything with them. And you had a fumble. So you had two turnovers, Justin Fields. Like, come on. So that's my thing. Bears were ill-prepared for their division rivals. They knew they're going to be facing for a very long time when the schedule came out a while ago. And you're like, cool. That's what it is? And so Bears fans feel embarrassed. But they should not be embarrassed because at least they put points on the board. Now then, Raiders fans go, woo! Jimmy Garoppolo was healthy so far, and he threw touchdown passes. Like, he's doing that. Like, that is great. They won the game. But because it was not one of those games where there was a they had a huge lead and they could take over, Josh Jacobs was not a factor. But Garoppolo, he threw two touchdown passes, both to another former Patriot and Jacoby Myers. Devontae Adams, kind of not a factor in this game. But again, as I said, Garoppolo had two turnovers. And in this game... It was because he scored this touchdown. He threw this touchdown pass, one of the two to Jacoby Myers, with like six and a half minutes left. That was the go-ahead touchdown. The Broncos didn't score again. And Russell Wilson, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna say this. I'm proud of him because look, if you look at the scoreboard, no fumbles and no interceptions, and he threw two touchdown passes to Cortland Sutton and this little Jordan Humphrey. Okay. Like, Sean Payton maybe have figured it out, Russell Wilson, and he's competent enough to throw touchdown passes and not have inter- and turnovers. What I don't know is they, they moved on from Brandon McManus. I don't know why. They traded for the Saints kicker. Well, let's use your automatic. The dude missed one field goal and one extra point. And right there, that is four points that he missed out on, okay? And, that, and they lost by one. So, like, those are obviously big factors into why the, the Broncos lost. New kicker. Not so close, you know, and a very close one-score game, like one-point game, not even one score. And now then, the Dolphins and Chargers, I thought they're both going to be wild-card teams because they're, they have great, they have high-propelled t- offenses with good sk- skill players. Key names on defense, and their offensive lines are supposed to be good. The Chargers are supposed to be better, but question is, will Brandon Staley be the head coach if the Chargers don't make the playoffs or lose in the first round because... They don't. People don't think he's the right head coach for him. Because in this game, Herbert threw one touchdown pass and had a rushing touchdown. But what saved their butts from this being a blowout is Austin Eckler went off for 117 yards with a touchdown. The backup running back, Kelly, got a touchdown. Eckler caught four passes for 47 yards. Like, he made this game so much closer in doing that, you know? 
Well, the Dolphins, keeping Tua upright was the main goal. And he threw three, three touchdown passes. And Raheem Mostert is finally healthy. He's been unhealthy when he was in San Francisco. He had a rushing touchdown. And Jalen Waddle had 78 yards. But in general, he was not a factor in this game. Because even though Tua had two fumbles and an interception, that didn't stop them. Because Tyreek Hill had 215 yards receiving and two touchdowns. This dude is just a beast. And as long as Tua is healthy, he and Waddle scored all their touchdowns last year through Tua. They're going to be something to have to deal with because it's like there seems like automatics that they're going to get 70 yards each, both of those guys, in a game. And then we get to the Eagles and the Patriots game, which was on the scoreboard during the rain to like the Red Sox game. And they were not happy, these Patriots fans, because they were losing and being shut out. And they were like, man, it's 16-0. They finally scored two touchdowns late in the second half, in second quarter. But the Eagles held on to win because they had the lead to go with. But I will say this. Mac Jones looked like a good quarterback. He threw over 300 yards for three touchdown passes. So the Bill O'Brien... Like, shows a difference in having an actual former head coach who had some success as a head coach, not a GM, and as an offensive guy, and not taking a special teams coach or a defensive coordinator because you're afraid every time you give an offensive guy the head, the, the offensive coordinator job, he leaves for a better job as a head coach in college or professional sports. That when Mac Jones could throw for over 300 yards and throw three touchdown passes, yeah, he threw an interception and had a fumble, but that's not why you lost. Your defense didn't stop the Eagles, okay? The run game obviously wasn't a factor because they were down, so we really can't say how much of an impact Ezekiel Elliott had. But Stevenson caught the ball, ran the ball. Hunter Henry woke up, had a touchdown pass. Kendrick Bourne caught the other. So your offseason additions, Kaseki and Juju Smith, and they have Ty Montgomery, didn't realize, like, not really. Jalen Hurts, he didn't have an incredible game, but he threw one patch to Devontae Smith, and A.J. Brown had over 79 yards. They didn't really have a great game running-wise. But really what it was is Jake Elliott scored 13 of their points of the 25. So it's like, again, run the ball, don't turn the ball over, and make all your field goals. And the Eagles held on. It's like they had it. There was a chance they would, could have lost, but they lay held on for dear life in this game. Because I thought the Eagles may be a top seed in the East, in the in the NFC. But when you lose your offensive coordinator and your defensive coordinator, things are a little bit different. Then we got the Rams beating the Seahawks, and everyone was saying the Seahawks took the step from last year and they made the playoffs. They're going to be a playoff team this year because Geno Smith and that team figured things out. And the Rams were terrible where they missed key offensive linemen. They missed their wide receivers. Their running game was complete disaster. And Stafford was injured in the end of the year with with, the, with a Baker Mayfield. Well, in this game, Matthew Stafford threw for 300 yards, but did he throw any touchdown passes? No. It was this Kyron Williams, who I never heard of, and Cam Akers, who seemed to be in the doghouse, and they would not even dress him for game when he was... In the thing. So this Kyron Williams dude who was drafted in 2022 
didn't really do anything in his first season. He came out and scored two touchdowns, and that's what kept him in the game. But, you know, Russell Wilson, excuse me, Geno Smith, didn't have a bad game, but their kicker missed a field goal, and he only threw for one touchdown pass. So that's kind of an issue when you have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and this Jackson Smith enigma. Like, you got to... I don't know. But again, this was the divisional rival game. And as I said, a lot of these things can go either way. I'm just hoping Pete Carroll realized they may have to fix some things up because they let the Rams put up 30 points on them. Now then, we get to Sunday Night Football where I'm a huge Giants fan. And my father goes, since when are you've always been a Giants fan? And it's your team. And I'm like, since I was a kid, man. Like, The Bears are the hometown team. It doesn't mean they're my team. Okay, so Bears fans were embarrassed by the Bears. Well, how about this? You get zero points and you're preparing for a whole season and Brian Dable is supposed to be this offensive guru, okay? And Daniel Jones was paid all of this money because last year, Brian Dable was, it was his first time as head coach for the Giants and he knew how to scheme plays to make Daniel Jones look good. And guess what? Saquon Barkley was healthy for most of the season. So you're like, cool. So all that is like, it's on him. But he throws two interceptions, has two of the four fumbles that his team had. I'm like, five fumbles the team had. I'm just like, oh no. And we already knew that Darren Waller was the only skilled player in the receiving end that knew what he was doing. And Saquon Barkley, when you're losing by this much, you can't really do that much. And of course, Graham Gano, who signed this huge, huge contract extension, he missed two field goals. And one of them was blocked. And it was covered for a touchdown in the beginning of the game, okay? And then one of the passes that stupid Danny Dimes threw was intercepted for a touchdown. So, again, whoever started the fantasy football Dallas Cowboys defense got a blocked punt for a a field goal return for a punt, interception return for a punt, and all these fumbles, man. And then when it came to the offense... Because they got points from defense special teams, Dak Prescott didn't throw a single touchdown pass. Tony Pollard showed that he has been the running back, even with Ezekiel on the roster, because he had two freaking touchdowns for 70 yards, and this receiver and this uh, kick returner, punt returner, dude Turpin, chipped in another one. So you had the three rushing touchdowns and all the defensive special teams touchdowns, and it's just a huge embarrassing night. I don't know what Brian Dable is thinking. We already knew the Giants' defense wasn't that great. So he's going to have to talk to the defensive coordinator to figure out a way not to give up 40 points. He's still got to figure out a way for him to score actual points. And lastly, the Packers. Excuse me. The Patriots. Just kidding. It's the Jets versus the Bills. Monday Night Football Battle of New York. Bills, everyone thinks they're going to win the division. And some people think they'll take a step back. And the Dolphins or the Packers win the division. Eh, I don't know about that. Until Josh Allen loses... Until like the Bills literally are not a playoff team, then I'm still going to say they're the best team in the division. And again, division rival game, we don't know how things are going to go, cause especially if there's a game in the second half, it's got a lot of implications. So I'm thinking to myself, like, cool, I'm doing all this work. I'm going to come back, and, and and when it's over, do my football recap. I, I didn't, have, didn't watch the whole game. So Aaron Rodgers leaves the game with an ankle injury. They cart him off. I get all these notifications. And I'm like, okay, the Bills are going to win. The whole... 
surprise offseason of Aaron Rodgers for draft picks, him taking less money to get Dalvin Cook. Well, it did not work out because Josh Allen threw three interceptions and had two fumbles. That's five turnovers through only one touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs for over 100 yards. The Dalton Kincaid, who they drafted, and Dawson Knox and Gabe Davis, and Damian Harris, they really didn't do anything, okay? I go to check that the team, the Jets won an overtime, and I'm like, how the heck did they win overtime without Aaron Rodgers? Zach Wilson threw a touchdown and an interception, which is not surprising. But everyone was like, man, Brees Hall had this major injury. He's not going to come back right away. He's going to be on a, you know, a snap count. <clears throat> the dude had 127 yards, and Dalvin Cook only had 33 yards, so it wasn't even an impact. And Garrett Wilson did catch a touchdown pass, but again, without Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to sus- uh, uh, suspect that any of these receivers are going to have huge yardage games, okay? And, you know, the way they won is literally a punt return touchdown. And that is just like, wow. A punt return touchdown to win this game. I'm like, dang, that is pretty, pretty impressive. So I'm going to recap it quickly. A little surprised the Lions won, but not that surprised because they're up and coming. It's just the, the matchup. Divisional Carolina-Atlanta game, it could have gone either way, but I feel like Atlanta's better. Baltimore's offense didn't look great, and it should have been. But, you know, they did what they could to beat a bad Houston team. Cleveland and the Bengals playing divisional game, it's just as surprising that the Bengals' offense was nowhere to be found. And that the Colts versus Jacksonville, that, you know, Jacksonville wasn't as good as we thought. It was only a 10-point game. We thought it would be a little bit bigger. But they, 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 it was a no-brainer they're going to win. Tampa Bay beating Minnesota by having a go-ahead score late in the game, in spite of Kirk Cousins having a good passing and touchdown game, is because Baker Mayfield didn't turn over the ball, which was one of his problems. And then the Saints and the Titans, I thought the Saints would obviously beat the Titans because the Saints are a better team than Tennessee, but the game was way too close for a game that had Ryan Tannehill had all these interceptions and like Derrick Henry wasn't that great. It's like, come on, you should win more. The 49ers, we know they're going to be good, so I knew they're going to win, but the Steelers just looked horrible on offense. And then Washington was lucky that Arizona was so bad that they can hold on because their defense was so good. And then the Bears' offense looked anemic, and their defense gave up 38 points to Jordan Love and the Packers, which no one saw coming. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo's touchdown was late, and they held on to win, and the real difference is, because you know I said divisional games can go either way, it's the new kicker screwed the Broncos. And Miami and the Chargers are both teams with young quarterbacks who were taking the same year. And, you know, they have good, talented teammates. And it was a close game. But Tua played a better game. And that's just what happened. The Eagles went up so early that by the time the Patriots came back, they barely hold on to win. But at least New England's offense looked way better than last year. The Seahawks had all these expectations, but they didn't do enough with their weapons. So, of course, healthy Rams and somehow this Williams running back come out of nowhere to just propel them to victory. Giants got embarrassed because their defense didn't show up. Nor their offense being shut out 40-0. And Dak Prescott didn't do anything. It was the run game, the special teams, and defense. And finally, Ray Rodgers is out for the season. So you thought, well, when he left the game, the Bills can easily win, even though it's a divisional game, and it can go either way. And Josh Allen has five turnovers, and they win on a punt return touchdown. Like, I don't know, okay? But again, thanks for listening to the first ever Monday morning quarterback by on by on the radar podcast, you know me radar. And remember, Apple, Google, or Spotify, wherever you get them. Also, 
on the Radar Entertainment blog, on the RadarMedia.com, 4428 on Blogger, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, and uh, YouTube channel on the Radar, where you get the movie reviews weekly, the baseball observations weekly, all the Off the Radar podcasts are also available, and the Steve Harwell podcast is going up. So thank you for listening to week one of the Monday Morning Quarterback for Radar, by Radar of the 2023 through 2024 season. See you guys next time.